Welcome to the intersection of faith and the culture. This is Walt Boulders, where we're taking on the hot topics of the day from a biblical, historical, and constitutional perspective. I'm Rick Green here with David and Tim Barton, and we're thrilled that you've joined us. You can also join us on our websites, wallbuilders.com and also wallbuilderslive.com. You can make a contribution there, one time or monthly. It's a great way to come alongside us. Lock Shields with us by supporting us. You're helping us to train pastors and teachers and students and all kinds of folks on the Constitution, on founding principles, and restoring our constitutional republic. David and Tim, of course, we're in February. we got a few more days to go of some great stories. No, this is the last day, isn't it? This is our last chance to do a Hero of History. Tim, you've done so many of these. They're so good. I think it might become habitual. We'll just have to do this uh, maybe once a week. I don't know. We'll think about it. But here's your last one for Black History Month. Here we go. Yeah, if, if it wasn't for all the work, we would definitely do these more often. Uh, and it definitely does cut into some of the conversation about some cultural events. However, I mean, it's so important that we're able to highlight some of these heroes to push back against some of the modern CRT 1619 narrative. Uh, it really, it really, it's a Marxist narrative is what we're talking about, where you're, you are defined as either oppressed or an oppressor based on the color of your skin. I mean, something that's totally unbiblical and really not even historically accurate, which is why we wanted to take time and highlight some of these stories. We've gotten so many emails, uh, even through the month of February, where people have offered suggestions of people that should be covered. We have entire books of some incredible black heroes from American history that we we haven't even scratched the surface of how many amazing heroes we could talk about. And certainly we could do this throughout the year. But the last one we are highlighting this month is Bridget Mason, also Biddy Mason, as she was known. She was someone like many of the individuals we talked about, was born into slavery, was able to overcome really negative situation and circumstances to accomplish some pretty significant things. And so for her, she was born in the Deep South. She was uh, sold multiple times across the South in Georgia and Mississippi and South Carolina. She actually served as a midwife in a lot of the uh, different homes where she was in slave plantations. And so she developed some medical skills and abilities. She ends up when she's 18 being sold in a group of slaves or given as in a group of slaves as a wedding present to Robert Smith in Mississippi uh, and a, a cousin of her owner in South Carolina. While serving on the plantation, she ends up giving birth to three daughters. And then several years later, the family decides the the, the Smith family decides that they're going to move west. And so they're loading up the, the cargo from their plantation. They take all the slaves with them. Well, they end up going to Utah, to the Salt Lake City region, which, first of all, it's a 2,000-mile journey. And the majority of the individuals going, including all of the slaves, they, they walked for 2,000 miles on this journey, which is an incredibly long way to walk as you're going on this overland trip. They end up arriving in Salt Lake City, uh, but the the owner decides, we really want to go to California. Now, California, it's great that you want to go to California, but he had people tell him that California is a free state, and they actually passed anti-slavery laws, and if you take your slaves there, there's going to be pressure for you to free your slaves. He said, it's fine. My slaves will stay with me. So he takes his slaves to California. Well, when he gets to California, his slaves were smart enough, including Bridget was smart enough to go, wait a second, we we, we can have freedom here. We don't have to be a slave in California. This is an anti-slavery state. So she's able, with a group of other slaves, to take him to court. They end up winning their freedom. And now that she's free, I, I mentioned she had been a midwife on plantations when they came west. 
Uh, she helped with medical things on the wagon train coming west and really increased some of her medical skill and ability. She's able to start working in a doctor's office. She became a nurse and a midwife. She began saving up her money. She began buying real estate. And she actually was one of the first black women in America to own property. So really big deal. She continued expanding her holdings, uh, buying more property, making more investments, and becomes incredibly wealthy. One of the things she also does, she starts a church and the it's actually the now the oldest black church in Los Angeles. So kind of significant uh, what she was able to do, her contributions. But in the midst of all of this, she also really believed that you're supposed to help anybody in need. So she begins helping everybody she can find who's in need, very much like the, the Matthew 25 parable where Jesus talked about the dividing the sheep and the goats and whatever you did for the least of these, my brethren, you did for me. That's what she did. Well, she became so wealthy and successful in her investments that her her children actually became the wealthiest blacks in the West based on what she had earned and, and, and given to them. She continues to donate to all these charities, so much philanthropy work. And this is what she said her life philosophy was. If you hold your hand closed, nothing good can come in. The open hand is blessed for it gives in abundance even as it receives And she's someone who the incredible wealth she was able to attain and even pass on to her kids and all the charity she did. She's someone that made a mark on the landscape of California and somebody that should be remembered for incredible contributions. And she's one of many. We talked about that. There's so many more stories we could highlight. For more information, go to wallbuilders.com. So many of these heroes we don't know and should be remembered. Wallbuilders.com to find out more and and also to get to some of the other stories. You know, every day in February that we had a program airing, we've done a story. Uh, those stories are available for you right now in the archive section at wallbuilderslive.com. All right, guys, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, uh, we've got General Bob Dees back with us. Good to have him back on the program and a really, really important program we're going to be sharing that he's uh, been working on for years. Of course, he's done incredible work for years. But this Valor Farms in in, um, in Virginia is amazing, absolutely amazing. Stay with us, folks. We'll tell you more about it when we return on Wall Builders. Hey, this is Tim Barton with Wall Builders. And as you've had the opportunity to listen to Wall Builders Live, you've probably heard the wealth of information about our nation about our spiritual heritage, about the religious liberties, about all the things that makes America exceptional. And you might be thinking, as incredible as this information is, I wish there was a way that I could get one of the Wall Builders guys to come to my area and share with my group, whether it be a church, whether it be a Christian school or public school or some political event or activity. If you're interested in having a Wall Builder speaker come to your area, you can get on our website at www.wallbuilders.com and there's a tab for scheduling. And if you'll click on that tab, you'll notice there's a list of information from speakers' bios to events that are already going on. And there's a section where you can request an event to bring this information about who we are, where we came from, our religious liberties and freedoms. Go to the Wall Builders website and bring a speaker to your area. All right, folks, we've got with us General Bob Dees, back with us, been on the program many times. Hopefully you've read the books, you've listened to the programs when we've had him on. But today you're going to find out about a great opportunity to help and serve veterans in your life. General Dees, thanks so much for joining us today. Oh, it's great to be with you guys. And uh, David and Rick, appreciate what you do. Wall Builders, Patriot Academy, a thousand other things. So you guys are great Americans. Well, we appreciate you too, brother. And, and you know, I can remember uh, years ago having you on the program and just the idea for National Center for Healthy Veterans 
uh, just being a vision that you had, it's uh, it's absolutely come into place, and and uh, and we want to let people know about it and let them know how to get this information in the hands of friends of theirs that are veterans that need this program. So first of all, just congratulations on the on God blessing the vision and it uh, and it coming to, to into being, and and now you getting to actually see it uh, in you know actually happening and ministering to veterans. It's really really cool thing to see. So tell us about the vision first. Uh, where it is in Virginia, and uh, and how folks can, can get get involved. Yeah, you bet. Well, our bumper sticker is to return healthy veterans to America. And uh, the whole premise is that our veterans are an untapped national treasure. I mean, uh, we, you say it many ways, but we are the land of the free and the home of the brave because of our great veterans uh, who've served and, and who continue to serve. And so when we talk about returning healthy veterans to America, we take that out of the great commandment heart, soul, mind, strength, neighbor, relational as yourself. Uh, and we want uh, these veterans to be healthy in every one of those elements and then get back out in America and do great things on the track to, uh, as uh, coaches, educators, uh, entrepreneurs, businessmen and women, uh, tradesmen, uh, humanitarian professionals, societal role models. You get the point. We want, they they uh, have great potential, great character, great commitment great uh, competencies, and we want to get them back out. And that's what we're doing at the National Center for Healthy Veterans. Uh, so we have a great platform. It's called Valor Farm. It's a 339-acre uh, farm ranch uh, construction zone. And now as we're building tiny home and houses for veterans to live in, uh, it's uh, in uh, southern uh, Virginia near Lynchburg, uh, 12 miles from Lynchburg and Liberty University. And uh, we uh, just have a great uh, time bringing veterans in. The whole point is uh, we want to give them a community to defeat isolation, one of the primary causes of veteran suicide. We want to give them dignified work to provide self-esteem and purpose. Uh, We give them uh, faith-based life skills programs and trauma recovery. Uh, They use the uh, resilience curriculum, resilience God style that you guys are very familiar with and that uh, 10,000 Liberty students have gone through over the last decade. Uh, and uh, so we, we call ourselves a holistic integration of proven best practices. And because, uh, you know, I've been in a, a lot of laps around the track in the uh, military and veteran caring uh, ecosystem. And so we've we've established what we think is uh, best practice. Uh, and then finally, uh, career preparation, uh, all on this natural platform, uh, horses, cattle, donkeys, uh, 600 egg laying chickens that give us 100 dozen eggs a week. Uh, hogs that give us 700 pounds of pork every month, you know, all sorts of things that uh, uh, there's plenty of, quote, dignified work. So I'll quit machine gunning you guys, but that gives you a, a first overview of this thing. Hey, General, going back to your beliefs for a long time, back when you were even at the War College, you were writing papers about the the aspect of, of spirituality and spiritual fitness and the overall a national strategic plan. And so this has been a passion of you. And then after you go through all those years in, in the Middle East where we've had so many hundreds of thousands of soldiers come through and PTS becomes a big issue, you're also at the forefront of getting statistical research done that actually showed that if you had the spiritual element involved, you really got better results in the recovery of so many of these guys fighting PTS than any other program. So you've always had a spiritual component to this, and you've always seen that as really key. And now you have the statistics and even the evidence to prove that. Yeah, well, you're exactly right. Uh, you know, David, uh, Harold Koenig at Duke University is one of the foremost leaders in the world on some of these faith-based uh, outcomes, uh, you know, first he in, in the civilian sector, but then he also has really 
gone deep into the military sector, and he has a lot of uh, empirical uh, validation of, of the approaches we're taking. And then uh, way back uh, in uh, post-Vietnam study, Tadeshi and Calhoun in North Carolina studied uh, uh, the uh, reactions of post-Vietnam veterans and uh, who did well, who didn't do well. They reverse engineered it. They found out that there were a number of resilience factors, including faith and spirituality, uh, that if the people had invested in those ahead of time, then they were more inclined to have a positive response to trauma uh, rather than a negative uh, spiral downward into eventually suicide is the worst case. Uh, so there's a whole uh, theoretical and empirical basis to what we're doing in the resilience God style writings, obviously, but but here as we apply all of that uh, at Valor Farm. You know, David, I was, uh, I don't know if I've told you this story before, and Rick, um, I was a platoon leader in 1973, 101st Airborne. Uh, with, life was good, jumping out of airplanes and all that screaming eagles. And then uh, I'd been there three weeks. And uh, night before Easter, I get a call, go to Sergeant Smitty's house trailer. Uh, never a good call late at night. So I went there. And as it turned out, Sergeant Smitty had killed himself in the back room. And after the first responders left, I'm left there with the young widow. And I, I, I say, and her three-year-old daughter. And I say, well, how can I help you? And uh, she said, well, uh, we hit Easter eggs today. Would you come back in the morning and uh, help me and my young daughter uh, gather Easter eggs. Let's give her a, quote, normal Easter. So strong medicine for her, obviously, but also for me as a young leader. And then fast forward 31 years later, commands all around the world, all that stuff you mentioned. Uh, and I'm retiring. I'm taking off my uniform, becoming a civilian, a veteran. It's not lost on me that the uh, active duty and veteran military su- or, uh, suicide statistics are higher than in recorded history. Uh, so the government during my time in uniform, 31 years, had thrown millions and eventually billions of dollars at it. The problem had gotten worse and worse. And uh, when I retired, I was pretty righteously indignant. This shouldn't be happening in America or anywhere else. That was really the birth of what we're doing. And, uh, you know, over the, the intervening time, God just continued to lay some breadcrumbs, give new life experiences, new connects and networks. And uh, so it's all converging now into this integration of best practices and we're seeing a lot of fun outcomes uh, I can talk to you about if you're interested. Well, I, I have to say, General, and, and, and what you just described is, is the most important part of this entire interview. But I'm, I'm actually stuck on something you said earlier, a hundred dozen eggs a week. Like that would pay for the national debt, wouldn't it, at the uh, price of eggs right now? No, <laughs> that's good. <laughs> not not the national debt, <laughs> but <laughs> you, you but you threw out some staggering numbers there. So there, there's a lot of production going on on the property right. as well. And, I, and right. I'm just perusing the website right now, by the way. I got to tell you, brother, the lodge mm. looks amazing. The houses look fantastic. Everything about it has just turned out gorgeous. And I can only imagine well, yeah. for these veterans coming in um, what a, what an important time this is. But you've you've just created an incredible environment based on the psychology and everything that you've you've learned over the years was needed. The spiritual aspect, all of it, uh, like you said, I mean, it's all kind of coming to for you know this is this is for such a time as this. I mean, God knew you know you were going to be doing this right now, and he he put you through all of those things to prepare you for this moment. Right. Right. Amen. Well, it's interesting. You know, uh, I'm not telling you all anything. We live in a microwave society. And if you can zap it in 15 seconds or produce popcorn in a minute or whatever, whatever, that's the mentality. And so we've got a lot of great organizations that help veterans and God bless them. Uh, but sometimes a weekend retreat is not going to solve 
the problems we're dealing with. We're, we're working with people that are at risk in various ways. They're stuck in trauma or transition. They've got post-traumatic stress. They've got uh, traumatic brain injury. They've got moral injury. They've got all these different challenges and uh, a quick little microwave doesn't get it. You know, it takes uh, a long time to rewire the brain. It takes a long time to set new habits. Uh, so our crown jewel here is a one-year residential program. And sometimes people say, well, golly, that's a long time to spend there. And you say, well, you spend four years in college. Uh, what'd you get out of that? <laughs> no, I don't ask that question. Uh, but, but you also, you know, one year, if it's time well spent intentionally at Valor Farm to set you up for success for the rest of your life, then it's not only can you, you can't afford not to do it. Uh, and it's a responsible thing. And we, we operate by referral. So parents and corporations, churches, Veterans organizations around the country refer us. We've got a guy in Kansas City getting ready to come here, a guy from Georgia getting ready to come here. We've had people from uh, uh, New York, uh, Maine. There's one coming here from Maine. So you get the point. Well, and, and one of the things that, you know, even even the brain science technology that you guys are doing, the physical therapy, uh, it's just, I, I mean, you're yep. going deep. In other words, you're, you're going deep and you're, and you're addressing these things uh, for the rest of their life. And, and it's just... It's incredible. So how, how how does someone, you know, let's say we got a listener right now and they're, and they're and either they are the veteran that needs this help or they've got a family member that that you know they know is struggling right now and and needs something like this. What's what's the way for them to apply and and how much do they pay to do the program? Can our listeners donate to help sponsor veterans? Kind of walk us through the process of of someone uh, attending Valor Farms. Uh, you bet. Well, uh, first, the website is really the mother load. It's healthyveterans.org. And on the healthyveterans.org, the, like the very top button on the whole website says refer a patriot. And so if you if you need help or if you want you want to help somebody, you punch that button, refer a patriot. It talks about the process. It connects you to us. And then uh, we do a pretty uh, good look at uh, people that are wanting to come here. We do an FBI background check. We uh, we really want to know what we know so that uh, we can best help them and so that we don't accept too much risk. Generally, we don't accept uh, uh, convicted uh, violent felons, people that have active alcohol or drug addictions or sexual offenders. Uh, I mean, we'll we'll consider those, but really those are sort of red lines for us. Everybody else is there previously incarcerated, previously addicted, previous this, previous that. We don't care where you've been. We just want to help you get to where where God wants you to go, um, and and so that referral process is that's the way you kick it off. Excellent, excellent. And then if someone wants to help, you know that maybe they don't have someone directly related to them or in their life that they're thinking of right now that they want to refer. But you know, all of us can donate a small amount, big amount, whatever of we course. can do. Because I'm I, I'm course. assuming that a big chunk of this is 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 done by you know donors that are that are willing to help. Right. Right. When you pull together the programs, the room, the board, uh, the, the chow, the equine therapy, all these different things we offer a veteran, it's about $2,000 a month. So uh, a veteran to scholarship a veteran for an entire year at Valor Farm is roughly $24,000 uh, to give people a, a feel for that. Uh, sometimes people, when they refer a veteran, uh, uh, we call them patriots when they refer them here, we uh, sometimes they'll send money with him, but most of the time they don't. Most of the time they don't have the means to do that. So we do rely upon other donors 
to help uh, scholarship veterans that they may or may not know just because of the, the good of the cause. And, and we want to get one more veteran back out on the streets to, to do good things. Amen. Amen. Um, ju- jumping around a little bit on you here, General, but but talk sure. a little bit That's about fine. the uh, just the, just the um, training them for the workforce or, or even connecting them to to the workforce, because you talked a lot about that at the beginning and got my brain kind of going on that. It's, you know, there's such a need for people with good work ethic and the kind of things they learned in the military. So that it seems like the market is crying out for them going through this program and then being ready for the workforce seems like a perfect match. Yeah, well, you're exactly right. Uh, you know, I made the point earlier, but, uh, you know, consider the values like Army values, honor, duty, loyalty, courage, integrity, selfless service, respect for others. What employer would not want that on his workforce right. uh, or the competencies? Maybe they're an aircraft mechanic or, you know, they got highly technical skills. Uh, what employer would not want that? And so uh, the first job we have uh, as uh, as an outreach to them is figure out what they're really good at. What are they passionate about? Wh- what direction do their life experiences point them towards? Uh, so we really help a lot of folks figure out uh, what seat on the bus they need to be in when they go into the workforce. Uh, we, we do uh, at the very front, we do blood tests. We do st- uh, stool samples and gut health. We, we work on them physically, but we also give them a whole diagnostic, a battery of diagnostic tools to include workforce uh, readiness questionnaires and things. And, and that helps us figure out what uh, industry, if you will, they might be involved in. We have a partnership with Virginia Technical Institute, helps on the trade side. We're right around the corner. Liberty Interviews, uh, University helps us on the academic side. Uh, so we've got a lot of relationships going uh, to, to get the best uh, of uh, content for our veterans. And, and then and then we help them after we get them into a right place. We've got a guy that's an amazing astronomer. We've got a guy that's a great cook, a guy that's a very you know, gifted welder. Um, you know, the, these folks, uh, we've, we try to figure out what they're good at, and then we prospect for them within that job market. And then after they go into that job market, we, we do everything we can to safety net them. And some of them have a real entrepreneurial spirit. So we're, we're ready, willing, and able to establish an LLC underneath them, help them establish their own business, coach them on that process as well. Wow. Uh, that's, that's going above and beyond right there. I mean, you're already going above and beyond, but I mean, I love it. I mean, that's, uh, that's the kind of help that people need to not just, you know, get better, but then I mean, literally thrive once they get get home. And general, I don't ever ask people to donate to something that I don't donate to. So I'm I'm making a donation right now on the website. I want to encourage everybody listening right now, go to the website today and help them do this. This is important work and it's incredibly done. It, this is top notch, well done, well researched. This is the kind of organization you know your money is doing well and 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 being used effectively. Uh, just absolutely incredible and uh, and so thankful for what you're doing. I would just say, uh, where would we be without our veterans? You know, if uh, 6 June 1944, one of those veterans, or all of them had said, it's too wet, it's too windy, it's uncomfortable, we'll go tomorrow. We know how that would have worked out uh, or across our nation's history. Gratefully, we don't have to ask that question because they always have been there for us. That's why we are the land of the free, the home of the brave. And we send them out in harm's way. They come back uh uh, battle-worn in various ways, uh, so we owe it to them. It's our moral responsibility to help them. This is a private sector initiative that moves at the speed of uh, the civilian sector, not at the speed of the government sector. We work with government entities, but we're moving out. We're drawing fire. We're doing good things in veterans' lives. We're seeing lives changed, and it's exciting prospect. 
And it's all in the power of, uh, of Jesus, frankly, because we're a faith-based organization and uh, we're, we're not apologetic about that. That is one of the key healing factors. And we want to get everything in the fight on behalf of our nation's veterans. Amen. Amen. So good. So good, General. God bless you. It's been too long since we had you on. We'll have to get you back as soon as possible and, and just excited to see the program grow. And, uh, and and obviously want people to visit the website today. And, and again, the, the best uh, uh, place for them to first of all learn about the program, but to recommend somebody, if somebody listening is interested in the program, healthyveterans.org is the website. General Bob Dees, God bless you, brother. Thanks for coming on today. Well, God bless you guys. Thanks for the work you do. Look forward to you coming to visit the, the farm as well. We'll put you on a horse. All right. Well, you know, David, that's like second nature for him. He'd rather be on a horse than in a car or sitting in a chair. Now, me, on the other hand, you know, when I've been at the ranch with David riding horses, I couldn't keep up with the guy for sure. So if I, if I come, can I can I come out there without David so I'm not embarrassed by contrast? Well, we have a couple of donkeys, uh, Rick, if that'll help. <laughs> Put the donkey on the donkey, I think, is what you might be thinking there. But anyway, <laughs> looking forward to it, General. <laughs> Okay. God bless you guys. See you later. That was General Bob Dees. Great to have him back on the program. And once again, want to encourage everybody to visit the website. It is healthyveterans.org. Healthyveterans.org. Uh, you know, David, Tim, you guys, I mean, we've known the general for years and years and years. Uh, it, it's just awesome to see this come, uh, this dream come to life. I mean, I, I love looking at it. I can't wait to go visit and actually be on, on, uh, on site and see what they've done there. But the website, uh, it, it looks incredible. Well, I, I can't wait to see you go visit because I want to see you ride a donkey. <laughs> I knew you were going to enjoy that part. I, you know that, and and actually, I think Tim will enjoy taking pictures of me on a little donkey next to you on some big horse. That's probably <laughs> yeah, that'll be a classic moment for Wall Builders Radio. <laughs> well, you know, guys, we have so appreciated how. He's been able to help so many people over the years with his resiliency training. And now, you know, as he mentioned, when sometimes people hear it, you go for a year and they go, man, a year is such a long time. Not in the grand scheme of things, if it gives a good reset and a foundation for success for people. And, you know, we, we guys, we've talked before about even some of these Christian organizations that will have a one-year intern program for college students, trying to give them a foundation for success, et cetera. Well, when we're talking about our veterans and people that have put their lives in the line and served our nation, and now they're struggling with themselves and what they can do and how they can do it, this is such a good program and one that we highly recommend. Thanks again to General Bob Dees for being with us today. Thank you for listening. You can get more of our programming at our websites, wallbuilders.com and wallbuilderslive.com. You've been listening to Wobblers. We stand undivided forever.